0: I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Accounting and financials are a little polarizing for small business owners. And in my experience, it seems that there are a small percentage of people who are all over them and just love to be ensconced in the detail there. And then there are people like me who may feel slightly or even wholeheartedly allergic to the numbers side of their business. I know when I first started my business journey, I felt so overwhelmed by the numbers. I had no idea what to charge, no idea what to pay myself. I didn't know how to identify how I could afford to bring someone else on. Um, and even though I have used zero for as long as I can remember, which made it so much easier for me to manage my accounts and to be able to pull out the reports and those sorts of things, I still didn't really know what I should be looking for in the reports or, you know, why the hell I cared about a bloody profit and loss statement. And how was that difference to a balance sheet? Even though I covered all of that in Accounting 101 in university, I found that subject so utterly boring. I recognize the the terms, but like I just, you know, when, unless you actually understand why and how and, you know, in, in the, um, I guess, in real life, how that actually affects your business, it's altogether pretty, you know, non-engaging if you're not a numbers person. So, you know, some of my financial reticence spawned from from not knowing, but then do you know what? Some of it actually came from not wanting to know, if I'm completely honest. After all, if the numbers were not telling me a story that I wanted to hear, I just felt like I'd just be too overwhelmed to deal with, with that. And, and And I think that just comes from A, not really understanding how to fix it. Um, you know, when you're a business owners, you've just got your sometimes, particularly when the business is growing, you're literally just keeping your head above water. So, if you're going to go and deep dive into your numbers and all of a sudden they're telling you, a, you know, a story that, <laughs> that you don't want to hear or that something's fundamentally wrong, well, then you've actually got to go and fix it. And that might not be an easy fix. So, you know, sometimes it's, you um, it's, I think, otherwise known as sticking your head in the sand. Fortunately, <laughs> um, I started working with my accountant and he made the effort to educate me on my key key numbers. So what he's really good at is just breaking down really complex info into just super simple need-to-know info. Um, and so one of the first and, and foremost numbers that he got me to focus on was my break even, month on month. Um, and just breaking it down into that and giving me one thing to focus on, um, you know, was was the beginning of my journey of, of, of really understanding how these numbers work within a business. And, again, I have, you know, nowhere near, anywhere near any kind of complex or financial literacy as, as much as accountants or, or financial planners But I do understand how the numbers will work in a basic business now. Um, Having someone educate me on the numbers of a business just empowered me to no end. So not only did it help with my own business, but it also helped me to align marketing activity to to my client's business as well, just understanding how that could plug in to, to, to help their numbers. So in this episode, I'm actually speaking with Amanda Thompson from Endurance Financial. And Amanda is one of the most down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. She has an incredible knowledge of how numbers work, both in a business as well as in your personal life. And she's actually really passionate about helping female small business owners make educated decisions about their business and personal finances. So as you will hear Amanda talk about in this episode, the wealth that you create in your business very much creates the opportunity for wealth in your personal life. And there's far more to your business finances than just your tax compliance. If you're only touching on how much Bass you pay each quarter, then you're really missing these key opportunities to plan for wealth creation. So Amanda shares candid insight as well as some awesome tips about managing and planning for your finances. So whether you love or you hate the numbers in your business, I think you're really, really going to enjoy this chat. And I did start off our chat by asking Amanda to share in her experience why small business owners tend to have such a love-hate relationship with their business finances?
1: This one is a really easy one for me to answer and I feel really passionate about it because um, I've done it, you've done it. To take the leap into your own business requires a belief in your own ability um, and usually a lot of hard work. So we back ourselves in absolutely everything we do in our own area of expertise (laughs) Um, and a lot of the time we're fearful that if we don't get every single part of that business right including the numbers that we're showing signs of being not so successful or in our own minds it's a it's a fear of failure of the business as a whole Um, is there that there's the imposter syndrome but also that especially with the financials of our business one small bad decision could be disastrous so instead we will have that oh my gosh, it's easier to not think about it or to not um, move forward and just rely purely on, well, we're good because we can start this business and we'll keep doing what we do best. I'm just lucky, Jane, that finances are my area of expertise. So from my business, that's the part that I I know wholeheartedly and it comes so easily to me because it's been a habit for 20 years. Years. Yeah. But as you know, for me, there are other pain points in my business that I've had to work through to get my business to grow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, and look, I can completely relate to that. It's um it's it is impossible. Yeah, there's that little bit of imposter syndrome around um what am I doing? You know, who am I to be here and what are, what do these numbers mean? And, and there's that little bit of um, putting your head in the sand. If I don't look at the numbers, then they can't tell me the bad story that's there. But I think too, there's that um, lack of understanding of how to control those numbers. Do you know what I mean? So even if people are kind of looking at those numbers on the piece of paper and it's not telling them the story that they want to hear, it's like, what do I
1: do to change that? And, and sometimes you just don't know. But the the other part of that, I agree with you, but then I take a step further and say that what process have you been through individually to make the decision whether the numbers are actually what you want them to be or not? And how far have you delved into that? Because I'm assuming there's, there's, there's not... So often we'll talk about profit and, and, you know, you know my, you know, a little bit of a varied opinion on that. But is, if that's the number that people are looking at, I would challenge that they are really understanding the numbers of their business. And therefore, do they, do they get to celebrate the financial successes of their business if that's the only number that they're relying on to make decisions? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah.
0: And and what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of small business owners make when it comes to managing their finances? Like what are some of the and 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 I guess what are some of the short and the long-term consequences that can be a result of those mistakes?
1: Yeah, I um I have been, I I truly have been lucky in, in a not so great way in that I spent 10 very way too long years in corporate financial planning, which is not really where someone like me should sit. Um, yeah, but but I, I loved my clients and I got to experience really high level businesses. And what happens with that is you get to make your opinions, you get to learn by real life or other people's real life experiences. And so I've been lucky enough to learn by people's triumphs and people's tragedies Um, And it doesn't matter which stage of business someone is where I find the biggest error that people make is we still want to be able to have that immediate acknowledgement that we're successful in business. And often people will do that with asset purchases, Uh, Yeah, you know, in keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, I'm going to get that fancy car and but but we're going to we're going to get money, we're going to have to borrow money to do that or, you know, it could be other things in, in, in a business but what then is the mistake that I see people make is that they forget to look at the cash flow and they think, well, I'll make this up and, and I, I know they back themselves, I'm going to be great at this yeah. but I'll, I'll just get all the things that I know I'm going to work towards now and so therefore, um, I mean, I I quite rightly say I am very good at watching business succession and I can tell you nearly instantly if the children of a family uh, have really um, embraced the hard work mum and dad have done to go and keep that business going or whether they have just enjoyed the fruits of mum and dad's labour and not realised the the hard work. Um, So so that's one thing. I think that people... uh, a very we're still very asset conscious. And if you think in Australia, we are a bricks and mortar community still, you yep. know, we are a bricks and mortar. So to buy an asset of any sort still means that um we're succeeding money-wise. Yeah, that's so
0: interesting. That's so interesting. And I can relate to that because and I look back on it in hindsight, and I'm embarrassed to feel that I kind of got sucked into this. But when I was first growing my business, when it was starting to build some really real momentum and, and I'd started to employ a few people, I thought the next step for me was to get that office on the main street in in town, you know, went and got the signage, got the beautiful old building on the main street. And I was like, okay, this this goes to show that I'm a real business, you know, yep. this I've arrived because I've got the office now I was in there for the least time that I had which was three years couldn't wait to get the bloody hell out of it you know and I didn't need to be there it was not something I needed but I felt like people would feel that I was more successful in business because I had that so stupid
1: it's not it's not stupid it's it's see, It's the things that um and, and we could backtrack and we could take this conversation to a whole nother level in terms of money mindset and where you've come from and what you've seen equates to successful business or what it means to be successful in business it could even equate back to your childhood and what you you know it, it just um and so again another thing about business owners in some of the mistakes that they make is that they don't actually look within so i can tell you some of the tr- triggers of, of my my own that make me want to do the way I do things. Yeah. Um, um, and, again, I I jumped in, when I say jumped in, so I jumped into my business to get out of the corporate world. So it wasn't sitting with me morally. It just wasn't right um, the way that the banks were working back then. Yeah. Um, for, for me, so my jump was something I had to do. It wasn't necessarily a monetary um, want. Yeah. And so for me, though, when I say lucky, is it lucky, unlucky? It's just life. So I took life at that very moment. And I had two young children to support. So for me, jumping into my own business, I learned Right from the start, that cash flow was going to be more important than anything else. And therefore, just like I'd done for years and years, and this is getting on to, I know I yabber a bit, but business planning, making plans of where your money's going to go. I still, to this day, 20 years after starting my first financial planning, do a business plan every single year based on where I want my revenue to come from, where I'm going to spend money, how am I going to get there? you know, And if, if I'm lacking in one area, I have to go back and figure out, okay, well, I either decrease what I'm going to spend on, or I have to figure out how to change that revenue. And for me, um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, and I can put my hand up. So you've said, yes, you, you've you got the office. I honestly do not value myself as much as I should. So my, I do not price accordingly for what I get. And I can own that. And it's something that I have to work on. I'm the person that will look at how to increase my revenue. It's either see more clients or increase what I charge each client. And I'm a see more client. I've always been the same and it's something that I have to to work on. So I think we really have to go back and you always have to go back to market and it's not a competition, but you do have to go back to market as a small business and say, okay, not so much where am I placed? I don't necessarily, you know, when people talk about being the Ferraris or the Hyundais and things like that, it's not that. It's just what is a reasonable market? Right for what you're doing
0: yeah 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 um, that's such a good point but i can also put my hand up for that one as
1: well yeah. <laughs> for that mistake i think there's a lot of women who fall into that category Oh, look, because we, we follow our passion. Women tend to follow their heart in general a little bit more than men. And I say that in general, I'm a real, you know, real big generalisation. But then what we do is we have this absolute love and it's a bit like you're you being your mum. You'll do anything and everything for your kids who you love, even when they're absolutely shitting you. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> like business, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think that the biggest, um, the, you know, well, again, I could talk about errors. I mean, they're not so mistakes. They're just errors and they're learnings. Learnings. The errors. Yeah. They're learnings. Is being naive, those days are gone. If you truly want to succeed to the best of your ability, even if you are a successful business, to succeed even more, is to not put that head in the stand, not be naive um, and, and things like planning for your future. So the other big thing I'm passionate about, Jane, is the structure of your business, is that I see so many businesses start as sole traders and or, or even say siblings and their partnerships and they grow and they grow and they forget to review and they forget to look at should I be doing something different? And they're not really continuously planning for the future. Yeah. And they're not continuously planning for their own personal future financially. So we work so hard on this business, we forget to how to make sure that this business is working for our long-term plans you know, as an individual.
0: Yeah, 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 that makes that makes so much sense. Can I ask you though, when when you talk about the not knowing your your value and you working on that, what are you
1: doing to work on that? So again, it's a business. It is a business plan. So when I go through a business plan, I will do my strengths, my weaknesses, that the good old SWOT analysis. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. honestly, do it. Older I believe in it. I know that there's lots of other methods, and I know things have evolved, but it's what works for me. Yeah. So. For me, what I'm doing is um, I'm creating different opportunities to make sure that I'm still doing what I love. Uh, Yeah. But in a way, like, and and I've started this course. So this course that I've got going um, is definitely affordable to the participant. Yes. Okay, Um, so it's still not in my, it's still allowing me my passion to help as many people as I can. But what I'm doing is changing some of the structures that I do so that I can still deliver everything with my absolute love 100%. But then on the other side, I'm still getting paid accordingly for what I'm doing and my intellectual property and all the love and passion that everyone gets from me.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So by the with the course, um, which is financially fit the financially fitness course, yep. Um, that is scalable, right? So it can be affordable to the participants because you're a one to many. It's one to many style. So you can show up and be passionate and share your IP. But you were talking about. Um, acquisition and, and focusing on the volume of customers before as opposed to to raising your prices and, and, the, and the quality of payment. That's Absolutely. an example of that, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. And you've got to look at your strengths. You've got to look at your weaknesses. So my strength is me. My strength is that if you come to me to get my service, you will get me wholeheartedly, you will get more than you expect. You get this like you're the only person that exists um, um, client I've never been any different. And so I have to look at that strength and I say, as much as that's a strength, unfortunately, when you put it to a price point, it's also a weakness. So therefore, I've got to say, okay, well, how do I combine these two? And look, it's taken, so Endurance Financial has been going for four years. It's taken me four years in COVID probably to realise that, okay, I need to do something different because this one-on-one client process, I've got to increase my fees. Yeah. and the people that i truly want to help that that can be that that can be a point for them of i can't use you amanda or not and then i go home thinking oh i really want to help that person yeah. so so it's taken me so it's not and i'm a finance person it's still taken me 4 years to do something financially viable and smart for my my business yeah
0: yeah yeah and so why you know, we've we've talked about some of the reasons and the mistakes that small business owners have ha- can make around sticking their head in the sand or not valuing themselves or, um, you know, valuing assets over you know p- perhaps other priorities. But why do you think it's really under really important for small businesses to just get a grip and an understanding of the key numbers of their business? Because I'm sure you're not espousing that we have to be, all be, you know, financially financially literate as much as an accountant or a financial advisor like yourself, but the key numbers, why is it
1: important that we get our head around those? So there, there's two really main points. So the first one is it doesn't matter whether you're a large business proprietary limited company or a sole trader, you're usually in operation to give the shareholders of that business yeah. um, you know financial benefit. You are the director of the business. you are most probably your shareholders. so it is ultimately you that you are making this business work for. Yeah. Um, and so for me and here I've got got something some homework for you to do, Jane. i have just Ooh, okay. It. So I was talking yesterday um, on something and I said, I, I, we all know the saying, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yes. Well, seeing as I'm an advocate for women, I need two women's names. Instead of robbing Peter to pay Paul, I need a um, robbing. Robbing so Penny your, to, yeah, to, to pay Patricia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love it. Um, but do you know what? I, every small business would have been through this. All of a sudden, you get to one month, one week, and you'll be like, "Oh, oh, hang on, wait, where's all my money? Where, where's I've got these bills to pay?" And you have to make a decision whether you're going to be paying your own bill late, or you um, have to rob Penny to pay Paula, <laughs> yes. or you don't take a wage because no. you you always put yourself. Last, yeah, or or you um you haven't chased up money that's owing to you or things like that. So I think that is one of the biggest reasons because as soon as you start robbing penny to pay Paula, yeah. then it, it's habit that will continue. And as I said, normally what happens is the funds that come to you will be the ones that you surpass first. Yes.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and I can relate to that as well. Gosh, all the learnings I've had in my business. I remember there was a point and it was when I was in the office and I had, you know, a team of, of three others um, and, yeah, cash flow just wasn't exactly that, just was not keeping my eye on cash flow, um, just kind of. I would be doing some of the invoicing and and I'd see the money come and go, but I just never had a grasp on where I was at, you know, week to week and then, you know, where I would be at in a week's time, a month's time or whatever. Um, And I remember there was a period of about six months where I didn't pay myself at all and I hadn't been paying myself very much to begin with. Um, But this was, I was not paying myself at all. And i tell you what, um, once I had corrected that and got back on my feet, I made a vow that I will never, ever not pay myself again. Um, And if it gets to the point where I can't pay myself, I'm out. I mean, where else would you work, Jane, for free for six months? Exactly, exactly. It's not, and the work, like I was working my ass off at that point I've always worked my ass off yeah. in this business to then not get paid for that but Amanda I can remember thinking at the time oh, be this okay. is just <laughs> this is just how it is when you're a small business owner do you know what I mean like yeah. oh this is just how it is you just don't get paid much and there was a mindset flip there somewhere
1: but do you see, and, and that's a perfect example, Jane. So if you had have done true and spent some time cash flow forecasting and saw what was yeah. ahead, you would have seen those speed humps yeah. pre, you know, you would have looked, you had had you know, you would have had your little magic eight ball and you would have been able to see what was coming. Yes. And so that that is where I, you hear a lot of people say profit first, And I get what they mean and I understand and I'm not here to say that those concepts aren't right. But I think that we excite people too much by saying, put your profit, put your profit in a special account. Well, no, go back and actually figure out first, not what you need, but how do you get what you you need?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a good point. And so... I mean, they're really, really compelling reasons as to why it is so important to be across your your key numbers. Allow me to briefly interject in this episode of the How To Do Marketing show to tell you about my bloody great marketing plan. But firstly, tell me if this sounds familiar. You are a passionate and ambitious small business owner. You bloody love being your own boss and you have some pretty grand plans for your business. But right now, you feel like your business is running you. You are working ridiculous hours. You can't stop thinking and worrying about how you will get more sales. And you're often overwhelmed when you think about all of the stuff that you're just not even getting to. This is not what you signed up for, Right. A successful business to you is one where you have some choice and some flexibility. You have a good team of people to support you. you make a good wage and by God, do you earn a nice bloody profit because that's the reward for being in business. So there's a few core business functions that you will need to master in order to get to that spot. And one of those is marketing. In fact, in my experience, you're actually going to need a bloody great marketing plan to help you build that business dream. But it's got to be foolproof and it's got to be simple and easy to implement. You do not have time to faff about trying to understand complex and confusing jargon and malarkey. You've got a bloody business to run. So allow me to introduce my bloody great marketing plan. Simple, straightforward, no bullshit. And if you actually follow it, it will lead to that increase in your revenue that allows you to hire more staff, pay yourself well, and make a bloody beautiful profit. So if you want to start building that dream business of yours today by getting your own bloody great marketing plan into place, simply head to howtodomarketing.com.au marketing.com.au Forward slash, my bloody great marketing plan. And now back to the show. What would you have as the five key numbers? Like, if someone's like, ah, oh, you know, okay, I can only really have the headspace for for five key numbers. What do I need to look out for?
1: Can I just say cash flow five times? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a good point. But cash flow as as number one. And when you say cash flow, like, what are we looking for there? Yeah. Are we are we just let you what about cash flow? Yeah, let's drill down into it. So um cash flow forecasts. Take the time to review your last year's month-on-month figures. So I suppose if I backtrack just for one minute, we talk about profit and we talk about the financials of a business. Most people will call the financials of their business their tax return and the financials that their accountants give them. So yeah. in, in someone's head, their financials are, I'll go get my financials. I'll go get the last tax return I've lodged and I'll have a look at that. Yeah. That is such historical figures. Yeah, yeah. So, so why are you looking at the past? Imagine a lot of businesses talking their financials in 2019 going into COVID. Yeah. If you based everything that your 2019 figures were on, you know, instead of planning ahead. So yes, you use your historical figures to map out what's coming. Okay, and so cash flow forecasting is not an annual historic figure. Cash flow forecasting is at the very least, in my opinion, on month on month on month. Okay, if you are such a high volume business, you might do week on week or, or, you know, fortnight, if you do your pay cycles, whatever, whatever it is, but at the very least, it should be month on month. On month, and the reason yeah. I say that is because um, you know most most businesses or medium sort small to medium businesses were paying that quarterly. They most probably got superannuation contributions to pay quarterly, yeah. and I think it's important to do the months prior to having to pay those figures out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cash flow forecasting, and then it's not just beneficial to do the forecasting. You have to take the time, and I'd say at least quarterly. Yep. You go and review your actuals to your forecast. So yes. go and see what happened. So yep. that if you need to adjust the months coming, you can. Yep. Yep. And as yep. I said, that gives you the um, the complementary understanding of what's going on in your business. Yeah. So they're the two parts. So there's two. I've got three more to go. So cash flow yep. forecasting and comparing the actuals to yep. your budgets. Yep. Okay. Yep. Turnover is a huge one. So many people look at expenses and I say turnover. revenue. Where is your revenue coming from? Is it changing? So what are your revenue streams? I've been going around lately saying um, one revenue stream is too close to zero. Mm. Mm. You know, um, if I only did my course and I had a bad experience with it and no one did my course anymore, then I'm in a bit of trouble. So my course cannot be my only source of revenue. If you're a product provider, you can't just have your product in one place alone because if one shop goes under... yeah. Yep. So so to work out where your revenue is coming from then allows you to work your, your your ROI and to say, okay, should I be putting, if I do have funds left, which area of my revenue stream should I be putting into marketing of it or, or more production of that or whatever that is. So I think turnover and revenue streams is a really important number yep. numbers to look at yeah um your bank balances you need to regularly look at your bank balances and i say balances because i mean your own bank account and your business bank account yes yeah yeah you know um how are they looking are they healthy has they have they got the buffer that you are comfortable with them having because yeah. if they don't and you hit that speed hump yeah then you you know you you've you got to be prepared yeah. Yeah, and don't be don't be scared to look at the balance because if it's not where you want it to be it'll probably give you the uplift to work a little bit harder to to get it there yeah. or, or to look at things yeah. um and then the last one is directors wages how are you getting paid i, I want to know how much you're paying yourself now and how you are getting paid is it too, is it are you paying yourself on a regular basis and a regular amount or are you taking ad hoc Because surely, as you've just said, you've made it a priority and a promise to yourself to pay yourself again. I would suggest that every single person be paying themselves a regular amount of money, the exact same amount of money. If they want to increase it, great, but never decrease it. So that's the other number that I think all small business owners or any business owner should be looking at. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're all really... um really really great areas of of focus. What about like your break even number? Does that sit under the cash flow? Cuz I know I remember my accountant that was the first thing that he got me to focus on was what do you have to and I guess it comes down into that revenue as well as the cash flow in looking at what do you need to make each month to cover your expenses.
1: Yep. Yep. So that's that's your fixed costs, isn't it? So you've got your revenue um, I'm always a quick conservative person. So I'll always I find myself going, okay, well, you know, as, as a minimum, I need to make this amount. And this is what I think I can make. And then you'll put your fixed costs. So, um, but for me in my business, it's rent because I yeah. do rent an office. I, I, a bit opposite to you, Jane, I had to get out of the house after COVID. So I've got, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my office for the first time, but I've got, yeah. and I've got, um, I've got fees that are required under my licence that have to be paid um, each, yes. and every, each and every fortnight. Um, and there are other fixed costs that go with any business, um, yeah. whether it's wages, things Salaries. like that. yeah. Um, now, I put my wages as a fixed cost. Yeah. Some yeah. people do, some people don't. But I'm single with two children. I, I yeah. need... I need money. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Um, so then I know exactly what that break-even point is. Yeah. Then I go back to my business plan and when I'm working on my revenue streams and how I'm going to, to do that, I will work out how to get more than that. Yeah. And then that's where you use your cash flow to do things like marketing or, as I said, you know, other other things, pay yourself more, whatever it is you choose to do with your external or your extra funds
0: yeah
1: okay awesome
0: now what about reports are there any reports that we should be monitoring regularly and if so how should we be referring to them
1: they're they're exactly the same as what i've just said i think the regular reports are your cash flow yep Your 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 actual to your, your budgets yes um uh, and, and funnily enough, and you'll know this better than me and I've been working with you, it's a bit like your Google Analytics, isn't it? Yeah. So your, your, actual, your actuals to your, um, your cash flow forecast are very much like, okay, well, how did I go compared to what I wanted to do this month yeah. and, and yeah. what's changed and are there any huge discrepancies? Where did I get it wrong? Why did I get it wrong? Should I be doing something to, to change that? So you can actually get to see trends. Yes. Yeah, early. Um, So, on a regular basis, they're about the only reports from a financial perspective that I think if you go and spend the time to do a cash flow forecast, adjusting them if required is not that difficult.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. So the cash flow forecast. So then to actually go and find the uh, the actuals is that like if I'm in zero for example and I'm pulling a report do I am I pulling the profit and loss report to just yep. see what the revenue and expenses ended up being for that month?
1: Yep. So right. cloud-based accounting systems will all always give you the option of doing a, a report. So the key to any cloud-based accounting system is to use the right accounts to start with so you've got to make sure that you're reconciling if you if you don't have a bookkeeper that you're reconciling things to the the right account the right expense the right revenue Um, that's a good point it is and even on a revenue sense jane i'm a really big fan as you can tell of that is that um you for me My revenue streams are four four of them, one-on-one financial planning. There is the course. So when I'm actually receiving revenue, I make sure they're sent to the right revenue stream so that when I really am looking at things, it's not just putting them into the sales category. I see so many profit and loss statements of clients that will have sales, one-line sales, you know, and and it's like, well, where did those sales come from? And then you've got all of these other um, expense lines yeah. but the other the other little tidbit if i'd like to see is especially if you're so um you know a sole director or you know there's you don't employ many people i want to see director's wages director's superannuation separated from all of the wages and all of the superannuation you know i like to see what specifically from this business in these expenses of this business come to you
0: interesting okay yeah that's a really really good point um now, what about planning? And I know that you're going to include cash flow in in this and your cash flow flow. Oh, no,
1: no, no, I'm not because we've talked about it enough. Oh. <laughs> <I promise. laughs> so given the
0: cash flows on our planning, yep. how can small business owners conduct some really simple financial
1: planning in their business? And
0: how often should it be? Yep. Annual, monthly, quarterly, what are we
1: doing? Well, as a start, if you haven't had a financial planner, if you haven't done this before, go and get your last profit and loss statements out. Okay. Go and get them. And can you categorically say where that money went? Okay. Are those expenses right? If there's a profit, where did it go? Did it go into your bank account? Is it still sitting in the business? Did you invest it into the business in something? So that is the first bit of financial planning, financial literacy, whatever you want to call it, that I would tell any business to do is go and seek out that last profit and loss statement and see what that bottom line said got it yeah okay invest outside your business Mm. you know if we talk about diversification what are you doing with the money that you're getting outside of your business I see a lot of people come to me and unfortunately their only asset is their business Mm. now if if they go through a marriage separation for example (laughs) <laughs> that's a really big issue because if your only asset is your business, either you've got to stay working with the person that you don't want to be working with, you have to sell it off to them, they have to own some of your business. You know, that, so it's actually an estate planning or succession planning concept into investing outside of your business. Got it. Whether that's investment properties, just so that savings, shares, however that is, yeah, you should be doing something that is... Growth protection outside of the increasing, well, we hope the increasing value of your business. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, And so then that flows into paying yourself, doesn't it? Because you actually need your own money to go and invest outside of your business. Yeah. So you're paying yourself. The first that you know, so we've said first, bits go look at your profit and loss statement. Second thing I would say is if you are paying yourself, go and figure out what you need to do and what success you need to reach to give yourself a pay rise yes got it you know and so then
0: don't decrease that pay rise
1: that's right so yep, if you say i i'm going to give myself a $10,000 pay rise if my profit increase whatever figure that you want to do that is your success measure yeah however and get some help and talk to someone and say what's feasible what's you know and it's not just a financial plan it might be a business coach it might be just a mentor it could be someone in the same industry as you that you look up to what do you think i should be aiming for if i do whatever it is go and ask for help or or brainstorm with someone so that especially when it comes to paying ourselves we started this conversation with saying you know we don't pay ourselves we put ourselves last so if you don't get someone to stand by you to go through that process i think that you um are doing yourself a disservice because you really need that accountability to get that done for yourself
0: yeah yeah, yeah totally you work way too hard to not to to not pay yourself at the end of the day Now, um, you have developed this super-duper program that you have talked about a little bit in this interview, Um, and this is specifically for female business owners who might feel that little bit overwhelmed, a little bit intimidated by their numbers, but they do want to get in in control of them. And and probably people listening to this interview will now be very motivated to want (laughs) to get in control
1: of their... Tell us about
0: your program, Amanda.
1: Oh, this is my new love. Don't tell my children. Don't tell my children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's called Financially Fit Women, and basically it is a 16-week fully supported course that has eight modules, and those modules are designed To give you first an understanding of your numbers and, um, I suppose, knowledge education around the type of things that you do. What's important to me is that they're both personal and business numbers we look at and understand. And so it's, I think it's quite unique in what it's providing is it gives the chance then for your business to truly marry up to your personal goals yeah. and your personal financial goals. And we work towards that. And so we go through things, you know, as I said, so things I've learned, my life experience, my education um, alongside general financial planning we look at superannuation we look at what you should be paying yourself we look at um, other investment opportunities we look at what small businesses need to do to prepare to lend money if they're looking to buy a house or an investment property so things that you just don't have time to think about we look at estate planning insurances but you know we look at business planning we look at revenue streams um, so but we do this in a way that so that's a maximum of 12, 12 women in any one course. So it's not this overloaded course. Yeah. Then every second week we get together. So you actually get two benefits is that you get me, which I think, you know, is good, <laughs> but you actually get very, um, very specific and like-minded women. So you actually get this environment to share, to bounce off. Um, you, you, And I know we, we throw this around, but there's a lot of vulnerability when it comes to money. And so it's very important to me that everyone that comes into this course suits the course so that when you are exposing your vulnerability, you, you feel safe and and supported and confident that, you know, other people within the course have got your back in in whatever you, you say. So, yeah. I, I could talk about it. Just I just love it. And I'm just so excited for everyone who, who's going to come out of this. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I can't tell you, like, I, I distinctly remember when, particularly when I was in those first couple of years of really growing my business seriously, And I just, you know, all the stuff that you just talked about then, you know, in terms of, well, how much do you pay yourself? What should you be doing with superannuation? What should we be thinking about in terms of bigger picture? You know, like I hadn't even thought, like you don't even know what you don't know at that point. And I remember having all these questions and not being able to find the answers and not and not wanting to f- seem like I was an idiot, you know, and and asking people, you know, that that I thought would judge me for, oh my God, what is this person doing in business when she doesn't even know that, you know, she doesn't even know how much she can be charging. So, I would have loved to have been part of this program. I think it's so awesome that you know, and this was probably seven or eight years ago. That now that we can work together as as women or as business owners to be able to to really Uh, I guess, understand some of those areas within our business that we just might not feel that confident enough but are so integral to our success. Like if we don't know those numbers, my goodness, you know, the biggest thing that I've taken away from, from our chat this morning is that you just can't risk not paying attention to those numbers, let alone the potential. So I guess what you've really opened my eyes to today is just the potential of what your business could be. So, you know, yes, there's the day-to-day cash flow. Yes, there's the, you know, let's just keep the business afloat and let's get paid and let's make sure we can pay our bills. But hang on, what else can we be doing with the income that we get from our business? So it's not just about surviving, it's about like that thriving and and understanding that the long-term potentials if we take this seriously. We can't do that. We can't think about that unless we're actually across those numbers and in control of those numbers as opposed to them, the the numbers being in control of us.
1: Oh, Jane, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, we backed ourselves to go into business. Yeah. Back yourself to be successful within your business and make your business a success for you. So you've just got to find that, that passion and that belief in yourself that first took that leap. Yeah. And just continue it on in, into this. It's not yeah. as easy as we're saying it. It really isn't. Like there is are yeah. so many barriers within ourselves. But, yeah. but, you know, you've got this and and, and I've got your back. So, yeah. you
0: yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth every cent investing in, in I guess. And, and what I love about your group and about um, the Financially Fit Women program is that people don't need to worry about feeling i mean you are so approachable and and real and you share your stories like people can feel really really welcome and they don't need to worry about you know or stress about people judging them for for not knowing their their numbers you don't know your numbers so that's why you're here you're going to take them through it they're going to have 12 other people that they can work on throughout the the program so you're running one at the moment. So this this episode will be airing in April. Um, when's the next one that yep. people can come and join?
1: May. So May. So may, we'll later. Yeah, right. later in May, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. I wish I had a thought of <laughs> years ago. So I'm excited. I think I'm just as excited as the uh, participants. So and they all have a giggle at me, Jane. So I am oh, I very. Bet real. They do because um, I'm very transparent. And as I said, I'll share my triumphs, but my tragedies and you can have a giggle along the way because I'm not great on the video. I don't, um, I'm not comfortable looking at myself on a screen. So there's always something to have a giggle about.
0: Oh, that's so good. So how do people come and um, can they join a waiting list? Can they, how do they make sure that they get on the next round of this?
1: Yep, so they can um, go to Instagram. So I'm at Amanda. Oh, sorry, let's try that again. Ah. Uh, I am Amanda and I am at Endurance Financial. So Endurance Financial is the Instagram page yeah. um, and the email is amanda at endurancefinancial.com.au.
0: Awesome, fantastic. And we'll put the links into your website and uh, the webs uh, the pages where they can actually enroll just uh if if they're wanting to get in involved with this so may um is the next one will you just keep running this or you go yeah
1: it's only me so and i've promised and as i said i'm a woman of my word that you can ask my children My mum says a promise is a promise and she keeps them Um, so i can't I don't have capacity to do 10 at a time. So basically, the idea will be there'll probably be three throughout the course of the year. Yeah, great. So tonight we'll do another one in August with the view to it's got to be finished before we all switch off in December. So backtrack that way. Um, Yeah. And as I said, though, that it is capped at 12 because it's got to be fair to everyone to be able to have that, I suppose, free reign and space to talk. Yes. Yeah. I love it.
0: Fantastic. Well, I can't thank you enough, Amanda. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming and sharing such wonderful and honest insight.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Jane.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to yet another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. I really do enjoy bringing you these episodes and I hope that you get a lot from them. If you would like to receive even more marketing musings from myself and my team, be sure to head to howtodomarketing.com.au and subscribe to our email. And if you want to move closer to your dream business by creating your own bloody great marketing plan for 2022, head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash my bloody great marketing plan.